Welcome to Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara. One part small talk, all parts real talk. This is the part of the day when Ajit gets to know the people behind the job titles at Tag. Hello, my name is Ajit Kara and I'm the CEO of Tag Americas and welcome to my podcast series. Um, I decided to do this podcast series because, as many of you know, I believe that Tag's biggest asset is its people. Um, and I did that to try and understand what makes our folks tick. Today, I'm very blessed that we have one of our strategic partners. They're also our biggest asset. And I have Brett Russo, um, who's joined us today from one of our suppliers. And I'm looking forward to spending some time with her. She's the CEO of Capital uh, Printing. Um, but as always, these podcasts are produced by Kaylee Stansfield. Hey, Kaylee, how are you? I'm well, Ajit. How are you today? I'm particularly well. Oh, particularly? Particularly what's well. Pa- what's particular about it? Well, it's a beautiful September day. I walked to the office and uh, it was just that like nice temperature. It's not too hot, not mm-hmm. too warm, nice sun. Mm-hmm. Perfect it was. Mm, very nice. And how are you? What's going on with you? Well, uh, you know, same, I guess, enjoying the weather. And uh, I'm super excited about today's guest because I think this is the first time we've had a published author in the studio. So who knows what that might mean for the conversation. I'm excited. Let's get our wonderful guest, uh, Brent. Is it, have I said that, Brett? Yes, Brett. Brett, congrats. You're welcome. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, Cheers. Um, uh, you looked a little bit surprised when I asked you to have a glass of wine at 11 o'clock in the morning. I mean... I didn't deny it, though. <laughs> Notice. <laughs> uh, was it okay? Do you like it? Very good. Wonderful. Well, thank you for making the effort, and, and thank you for my gift. So I'll get straight into it. You've given me a book that you've written, but I'll come back to the content of the book. But thank you. It's a gorgeous book, uh, The Underwear in My Shoe. Fantastic, actually. I'm looking forward to describing that. But tell me a bit more. So you are a CEO of a capital printing company. That's wonderful. A CEO of a diverse business. Um, well, not diverse, but as a CEO of a minority-owned business. Yeah. Well, that's true, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, diverse all, all, is right, you were diverse right. Diverse is right, yeah. yeah. So tell me, how did you get into that? So Capital Printing is a family company. Right. Uh, my father started it from scratch. He was literally a pressman. First he was sweeping floors, then he became a pressman and went off on his own, and Capital Printing started. And um, I got into the business about 21 years ago, and uh, just trying to do him proud. You know, he retired. Um, he's passed since then, but um, things are going great. It's it's uh, it's great to kind of keep his legend alive. Well, look, I I know that's um, you know I know father figures are important, and and my father also had a business, and I learned so much by being in the business as a young boy. I think that's probably similar to you. I think if I have any skills, it really came from you know, doing everything in a small business. And that is everything. And he must have taught you well. Absolutely. I mean, when I first started, I wasn't expecting to go into the business. I had some interviews lined up (laughs) and I said, you know, dad, I'll come with you and kind of mirror you for the summer. And he was the quintessential salesman and I would just follow him around. And what I learned in that time, I never even went to my interviews. I mean, I was just intrigued with his passion for people. And I mean, he never even talked about business. He just talked about he just made people feel good and he did right by people and was genuine and real. And I've learned so much in that time and it inspired me. I mean, to this day, I want to be it, like it, him. It, it's entrepreneurial. That's that's what it means. And I noticed, because I wonder if it's the same, I have a ring, my dad's ring around my necklace and so I keep him close to me. I noticed you've got a similar band. Is that is that something to do with your dad or is it just a, a, a ring? This is just a necklace, right. but this ring I have 
which I don't know if this is depressing. I don't want to bring us down. We just came up. I don't want to bring us down. But I do I do have a ring that um, he passed through. Yeah. He actually got COVID and yeah, this was recent. That. That's okay. And uh, I have a little bit of his ash in a ring that I made. So he's always with me. Some people get grossed out. Other people think it's a beautiful thing. But sometimes it's nice to put your finger on it and say, you know what? He's with me. I can handle this. Well, I got it wrong, but I think it's right. Like, like you know, he's clearly a, a big influence. I'm, I'm sure he's incredibly proud of what, you know, you've achieved. But like me, I keep him close to me. And some people think it's morbid that I'm wearing his ring around my neck. But, you know, I, I think it's I think it's it's very comforting. So I'm sure he taught you why. And then so, you know, tell me a bit more about you before we come back to the business. Um Brothers, sisters. I have a twin brother who's oh, wow. in the business with me. Oh, okay. He deals with the operational well, it is a family side. Family business. business. Oh yeah, we uh, good, bad, and ugly. We're in each <laughs> other's business constantly. We always have this joke. We we give each other one question. You can walk in and say, "How are you?" But you can't say, "Well, why?" or "Where were you?" But why? You know, that's the rule. You know. Um, and then I have an older brother who's a doctor. He oh, wow. uh, lives out in Pennsylvania. And oh, wow. He was the brains of the bunch. So. Oh wow, that's fantastic! Yeah. And then, and you are um, married with children. I'm married with children. I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old. Wonderful, and that's actually what inspired you for the book, isn't it? Yes, it tell is. Tell me a bit more about that, and tell me about the book. So we went through IVF to have our children, and that was a really big challenge in my life. Um, I'm a very positive person, um, but that one knocked me on my back, and um, I felt by writing it down and. It was therapy for myself, but I knew that maybe someday it could help someone else. And that was the inspiration behind the book. Um, so that's how I got my two children. It was quite a battle. You learn a lot about yourself and about life when you go through something like that. But it's, I've, I know a few people that have gone through. It's, it's not an easy process by a long way. And it's incredibly draining on the body. And if what women go through having been, you know, through the birth of my two children, um, see what my wife went through. You know, what women go through to give life is astonishing. And then it's another layer of what you go through to create the life in the first place. It's just astonishing what you do to your body. It's crazy. What, I mean, what, What's the foundation of the book? Is it the, um, the journey to, to go through that? Or what, what made you want to write the book? So the book is really, when I was going through it, I felt really alone. Mm -hmm. And I felt that even... You know, I have a great network of family and friends, but no one really knew about infertility, nor did I. And I felt very lost through the process. And I basically, the whole spirit of the book was to write down my experience raw. I mean, I don't leave anything out, the emotional aspect of it, the physical aspect of it, because it's it's a really, really hard thing to go through. And emotionally as a female, you go through things like, I'm a failure, it's not working, everyone else is pregnant. You know, there's a lot of layers to what you go through and it's really tough. And the spirit of writing it was just that someone else going through it could read this and say, okay, I'm supposed to feel this way. It's okay to feel depressed. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad that I have to go to this baby shower and I don't want to. And, you know, all those things that go through it. Um, and it's been a pretty fulfilling experience because, you know, my goal of the book was to have it go through the hands of women going through it. And that's exactly what's happening. Wow. Um, and wow. it's it's great. It's much wider spread than folks think. I'm sure it's done very well. And uh, the underwear in my shoe is what it's called. So I'm looking forward to reading that. I'll pass it on to my family as well. So yeah. thank you. Maybe your wife may enjoy it. Yeah. What kind of feedback have you received from people who have read it? It's been, the feedback's been great, actually. Um, it's kind of got legs right now, which is nice. Um, most people, 
that have been through it and read it say, thank you so much. You put into words what I've been feeling. Um, it's the first time I feel heard, um, that kind of thing. And, you know, I feel not alone and thank you. And they'll tell me their stories. And yeah. um, it's just, you know, I think, I think that's, this, a, that's a big yeah. one, isn't it? It's about, um, I think this uh, applies to many other emotional um, positions that people or challenges that they go through. They think it's, you think you're the only one, you're on your own, you're suffering, it's only you. And I think that's actually quite valid, that it's, it's a great opportunity because it's very specific and people might think that it's just them, but it's not. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, I, I do believe that, like, the time of people being perfect for each other is over, I hope, because you have all this social media where you're supposed to be perfect and you have mm. your, you know, kids next to a barn and they're taking pictures and it's beautiful. But sometimes, like, the most real moments are when you can bond in your weakest moments. And it doesn't matter what your thing is, whether it's IVF, whether it's, you got fired, you lost your father, you know, whatever it is, it's like, it's really important to be real with people and to understand that, you know what, maybe they woke up with something that you don't know about, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you can't be there. It's okay to, you know, bond in these weak moments. Yeah, you know? I was told yesterday by, by someone's really good advice, you know, um, live in the present. And it's, it's harder than you think to do. But, right. you know, it, it's great to know that you're not, you're not on your own. So you, I guess you did it really to help other folks. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and how did you begin to write a book? Like, do you, I know you wrote all the notes down. Did you have a ghost author or did you write it all yourself? Or? I wrote it all myself. Um, I think it started as journal entries when I was going right. through it myself. And then when things got a little dark, I took a little break, but I kept adding to an outline. I had gotten some advice from an author I knew. And she said, just even when you're having writing blocks, just add to your outline um, and it will keep you focused. And if you, you know, if an experience happens, a story happens, you can add it to your outline and then you could slowly just make your way down. And when you have those inspirations, write it. Um, so, and I enjoyed it. I mean, I really enjoyed writing it. I think it kind of let the bad news, anything bad that happened during my process, all right, well, at least I have another chapter, you know, at least I ended up with a real story to tell. I didn't think that was going to be the case in the beginning. And excuse my ignorance, so you've got two children in different periods. So normally with IVF, you can get more at the same time, i.e. more children. Did you have to go for it twice then? To have so basically what happens is they retrieve eggs, right. they fertilize the eggs, and then they go for genetic testing. Once they're genetically tested correct, you know, they'll be, val you know, they're good. Um, then they freeze them. I ended up with two embryos and they became both my children. So, oh. and that, you know, spoiler alert. But so that was on my fifth round. So luckily I had um, two Sorry. and they did become babies, which is a miracle. It does. It does. And when you think about the technology, the process, it's astonishing. It's astonishing. I mean, what they can do is unbelievable. I mean, it really is. And it gives people a lot of, you know, I wouldn't have maybe had children if yeah. that wasn't the case. So yeah. it's a beautiful well, thing. Well, I bet you look at your children every day and think, wow. Oh, I mean, it definitely puts things into perspectives. I mean, I really, there was a lot of late nights where I'm up with my kids. I'm like, it's all right. You know, <laughs> you, it's, you go through this, you're like, how is there even humans on the earth? That's how like crazy yeah. it is. Um, how did you mix, you know, um, being, going through that, being a mom now, and being a CEO, how do you juggle that? I mean, I appreciate it's a family business, but it's just as demanding as if it wasn't. It's tough. I will say this. It's very tough. That's been probably the biggest challenge is the mother, um, the mother business kind of, you know, because I, when I, you know, I was, had kids when I was 38. So I spent 
you know, how many years, 20 years in the business without having to get home early for a child or whatever. And so I kind of built the spirit of how I manage, how I am with my clients. I'm just always available and always there and always pick up the phone and I'll run this here. And that was just the way I did things, even with my team. That's how I managed. And that's been hard because sometimes you just can't. The kids have, you know, you're the mother. The kids have to go to school. They have to go to a doctor's appointment. There's something, there's a play. There's, you know, all these things. So the guilt takes over sometimes and it's tough. But I think if you could just be genuine with people and say how it is. I mean, most people that I work with are parents and they understand. They've been there. And, um, but it is hard. It is hard. You're split in half. Yeah, no, I I asked that question because we have a lot of fantastic, um, you know, working mums in tag. Mm -hmm. And I'm always conscious of that, that we, you know, uh, um, how can we make the workplace? Because they're, they're, they're awesome in, in terms of the contribution that they make. And, you know, I'm so pleased that in today's work, it's not the stigma attached to it that it was some time ago. And, you know, but I always think, and Kaylee knows, how, how can we make our environment just a little bit more supportive for folks going, you know, because it is tough. There's no doubt about it. Um, us blokes have it easy when we don't have to worry about these sort of things. Well, I'm glad that you, you know, have that um, outlook on it because, you know, I always say by the time I get to work, which now is like 9, 30, 10, which is crazy because I used to be the first one there. You know, you feel like you're walking in and people think, oh, she's late, she's whatever. What happened between 5.30 a.m. and that 10 o'clock is like the whole world happened before I sat at that desk, you know. And But, um, but, but I think what, the reason I, I, you know, support that in our company is because the the passion and the productivity and the commitment you get from these super moms, as I call them, you know, from nine thirty onwards, it's probably better than you get if they're someone coming up six o'clock in the morning. You know, uh, it's just it, they're, they're full on. I do agree with that. Your time is your most precious, yeah. you know, thing that you have. So every single thing that you do is condensed, right? <laughs> so you get in, you're like, all right, let's go. What do we got to do? What do we got to do? So, so back to back to the business because I'm, I'm I'm also sure that lots of people want to know is, you know, what made you? I know your father was a big part of this, but what made you? You know, we don't have enough. Um, female entrepreneurial leaders of business. What made you decide to go and do that versus the interviews versus, you know, what made you want to run the business? I'll say this. There's two aspects of it. One, I started to sell and I loved it. Um, And I tell a lot of people this, you know, it's not necessarily what you're selling. If you love sales, go into sales. You know, sometimes the the variables that people get hung up on don't really matter. I loved connecting with people I love connecting with clients. I just, I loved that part of it. But on the other side, you would go back to the plant and you'd walk around and you'd realize how many families are benefiting from you going out and, you know, busting your ass and getting that sale and how many families are, are you know, like I'd get a new account and it'd go in the back and people are like so excited to see a new client or, um, you know, something going on like that. Cause you know, that's everyone's livelihood. And I think when you're all, you know, my dad always said, you know, whoever's under your umbrella, you know, that's your protect, you protect whoever's under your I, umbrella. I, you suspect, know? I suspect you do quite a lot for your employees. Like does there, is there a lot of long serving employees? You oh, take yeah. the family seriously. Oh, very much so. I mean, everyone, nobody leaves capital, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's a, it's a very big family company. People have been there I mean, I think the median year is like 16, 17 years. Yeah. Um, well, we, 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 but we know that because we, we obviously validate our partners, you know, strongly. And you're a strong partner to us. And we, we, uh, 
we know how well you look after your folks. And But how have you navigated, I know you run the business with your brother, how have you navigated the fact that for someone that, as you may remember if you've seen some of my podcasts, I actually did kind of grow up in the printing industry myself. I, I regrettably know way too much about printing. <laughs> uh, uh, um, and, you know, when I had my own company, we had, um, you know, printing presses, etc. But I, I got out of that and sold the company because I saw the future around, you know, being a manufacturer is very tough because um, technology is moving very quickly. You know, markets are moving, digital is coming strongly. How have you managed to navigate in the last 20 years everything, which is, you know, the industry's changing, pulp prices are moving all over the place, substraints, recyclability, you know, your investment schemes. How, how are you managing to navigate that? Because that's, that's quite a lot to do. Yeah. I mean, you have to be willing to constantly change, yeah. obviously. You can't just sit still. I mean, that's the main thing. Um, and I think you just have to kind of roll with the times. I mean, if someone, if you see technology going in this direction, you know, you have to be financially sound. You have to be smart and have the ability at the drop of a hat to say, okay, let's invest in this. Let's, you know, and obviously, um, you know, that takes a lot. That I'll give that to my brother because he runs <laughs> a very efficient shop. Um, but it's really important to just do your research and know what's out there and know what your clients want. And you can't have a lot of rules. Like, don't have rules. Just say yes. What do your clients need? Just say yes. Let's roll with it. You know, I think people get stuck in what they've always done and it works. But, you know, the buyers, the way their attitudes are changing, it's not like it used to be. Every five years, you're going to, my dad always said, if every five years, you're going to lose your biggest client. So you have to reevaluate what you're doing internally. And um, now, I mean, technology literally yearly changes yeah, it does. and you have to just be willing to say yes and just roll with it i think i know you take customer service very seriously what's the most extreme customer service thing that you've had to do to, to satisfy a client one time earlier in my career very early maybe a year or two in uh we had this client tough client they were really it wasn't, uh, wasn't tag was it it was not <laughs> tag we weren't i don't think you were there yet but um and something happened where there was some meeting in Vegas and they had to overnight it. They had to send a package that never got there. And so my father literally got me on a plane, says, you have to go to Vegas with this package. And literally I had two full suitcases of 3,000 brochures. I literally went to the uh, airport funny. and hand delivered these brochures because this client was said, if these brochures aren't there. And, and you spookily, know, you, you stay there for three days to make sure the brochures I were fine. I mean, yeah, I had to make sure, you know. You <laughs> Quality control. <laughs> Customer service. I mean, but that was exciting. And that's the way he was. I mean, anything for the client. Like, let's just do crazy things. And, oh, that's amazing. Just don't and say no. What do you like to do in your spare time? Apart from looking after the children, running the business, looking after your husband, no doubt. You know, <laughs> what part? Apart from oh, all I of still, that. I still have a life. Yeah. I don't know. I got two toddlers. They pretty much uh, write a book. You know, you? <laughs> I made it here without any food on me. So that that's <laughs> that's a mom goal. Um, but um, you know, I, I I used to sing. Oh, I love wow. to sing. Really? Yeah, I used to uh, when I was in my twenties. I used to sing the anthem for local stadiums. That's crazy. Which is crazy. And my family's like, do you do? know another song right um you know i'm gonna ask you now yeah do some acapella do do can you do, can you sing anything for me a few bars really yeah, yeah, yeah. what do i say sing yeah give us the hit. anthem yeah. first few bars oh say can you see by the dawn's early light 
That's amazing. That I can almost. Fantastic. I can imagine. Like no, I can imagine on the field that getting people going. That's you got a great voice. Oh, thank you. Did you want to take that more seriously? Um, when I was in my early twenties, I was passionate about singing and I definitely thought that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, I've gone auditions and do all the singing things. And it's funny how in life, sometimes when things don't work out, it's probably the best thing because so many other things happen that now I know full wholeheartedly that I was not supposed to be a singer. And I'm so happy with, even with the book and with the business, I mean, that's where my passion really is. And but when you're going through it, you're like, oh, I didn't get accepted to this. And it feels, you know, you get down on yourself. But sometimes the biggest no's in your life are the biggest, the best things that could have happened to you. It's destiny, isn't it, sometimes? It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I think if some of those were yeses, I mean, I don't know. And I think awareness. I mean, as I went through the process, you know, you realize what you're strengths are that separate you from the crowd. Um, and sometimes it's not what you think. You know, I think at the end of the day, when I was going through these auditions, I was pretty average compared to a lot of these people. And that was okay for me. I mean, yeah, that was just a realization it. that, okay, it wasn't that I was giving up. It was just my passion, even with sales. I mean, I loved being in the business. I mean, once I started, it just didn't stop. And I really, you know, I was hungry. Well, there is something about, and boy, you don't sound average to me, but there is something around sales that's incredibly intoxicating you know like because it's not just about you know some people's view of sales is it's just you're just a salesperson but it's not sales is really when you connect what a customer wants with what you can produce or buy and when you get it right is when everyone is happy and there's an amazing feeling when you drive growth and you drive something going forward is that what makes makes it tick for you Absolutely. I mean, when you go on a sales call and you feel like you connect with someone and yeah. it worked, I mean, I remember I'll call my brother, I used to call my dad, like immediately, like, we nailed that. It felt so good. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just connecting with people. I mean, I think the key to sales is not pretending, like actually care yeah. about what you're doing, people care can, about the people. People can tell immediately if you're, mm -hmm. if you're insincere, I think mm -hmm. they really can. Yeah. So it's important. So, so wonderful conversation. And I think because you are very special, um, we have people, we asked, we told people that you were coming in and uh, a few folks had a question for you. So you know, if, if you oh. don't mind, I, I, uh -oh. have a, I have a question. <laughs> this question comes from Amy, uh, from, which I think you know, from our, our calendar oh, yeah. business. And she says, as a woman CEO in the dynamic print industry and the mother of a young children, what advice would you have given to your younger self facing the challenges that you have today? I think the advice I would give myself is work I think the, the one thing that's carried me through, I, this time I always, like, I feel that your clients, the people that work for you, they're kind to you because you've had this, like, backtrack of who you are already. And I think what I would tell my younger self is treat people with respect always, everyone. Yeah. And work hard while you can. Give the time while you can. I mean, I know that every everything's a, you know, every stage of your life is different. When you're with family, you know, your priorities are family. When you're, you know, in the, you know, your early 20s and you're in sales, I mean, obviously it's all about the sales, but I think if you're genuine with people and real with people, that will carry you through your whole career because a sale is a sale. You're always going to lose a client, you're always going to, you know, lose, you know, 
your biggest client, whatever. But if you can connect with the people, I mean, I have people that I connected with in my early 20s that I'm still doing business with. And it doesn't mean I've been doing business with them for 20 years straight. It just means that it comes in and out. And I think that when you can respect people and don't make enemies, don't ever, there's no excuse to make an enemy. Even if the worst thing happens in business, you could get through it. Yeah. Don't make enemies um, and work hard. I mean, it will carry you through those times where I need a little time. I have to go home to see my kids. I have to, um, you know, go to that play or pick them up from school or they're sick. You know, I've worked hard for 20 years. I have those relationships in place already and it carries you through that time. So, it's you know, great. be it's real. Don't, don't, yeah, don't lie. Don't take the sick day. Just work hard. You know, sometimes... I don't know if that's the trend anymore, but it's important to put the time in when you can, you know? know? Be a go-getter, be hungry. Like that's who's gonna, you're gonna, you wanna impress the CEO. You wanna impress, you know, have balls. Like just do it, you know what I mean? Like just do things that, you know, don't hold back. Just step forward. Ask anything. (laughs) Now this is the part where you have the opportunity to ask me any question that you have, if you have one. Okay. Well, I will say this. Um, aside from the success of the business, yeah. what is your ultimate goal of, I mean, you're in a leadership position, but you're going to have people looking up to you. I mean, what's your ultimate goal? The day you retire, what do you want your workers to say about you? That's an interesting question. I, I think, uh, yeah, for me, I'd love there to be a, you know, a great legacy. A legacy um, defined by you know, the following we have fantastic people that have risen and growing and want to do things, some of the things that you said, which is that they're engaged, they're passionate, they're you know, in belief, um, and that we have clients that love what we do and very much like your own business model, that they stay for year over year over year. So for me, you know, quietly, quietly disappearing, you know, seeing things continue well and grow would be the ultimate thing that I'd love to see. But quietly disappearing is how I'd like to go. I have to tell you a story with regards to that. <laughs> so um, my father, who I th- I'm sorry, I'm talking about him so much. No, yes, fine. Um, he one day said, uh, you know, my brother and I were already there, solid, you know, 15, 16 you know, years or so. And one day he says, I'm going to go get coffee. Do you guys want anything? We're like, no, we're good. And that was it. He put his pen on the desk and he never walked back in the door. And he just basically retired, (laughs) but didn't say he retired. And I remember asking him, like, don't, and each week he'd be like, I'm going to come in next week. I'm going to come. And he never really did. And he said, I felt confident in what was, I finally felt like I could just walk away and everything. And that's exactly what you're saying is like, the best thing you can do as a leader is, have your people do what you thought what yeah. your vision was, yeah. and now it's their time. I think your father did it better than me. Put the pen down, so I'm going for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I, that's beautiful. But thank you so much for taking the time to do this podcast. And, you know, for me, it's no coincidence that you run a successful business, that you've written a wonderful book that will inspire and help lots of other people. You have a fantastic company that I know many employees enjoy being there. Wonderful family. We as an organisation benefit from all the things that you do. So, yeah, please keep up the wonderful stuff that you're doing. And I look forward to seeing you on the Super Bowl, singing the uh, national anthem anytime soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Join us soon for another episode of Tech Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara and learn more about the people behind the job titles at Tech. Thank you.